previously on the Untutled Boodles Poodcoost. Wait, I have three legs, but I can't run. I don't like this music. I, I'm not a Beatles fan. I, I've been pretending. I made a Faustian deal with the devil that if I pretend to like the Beatles, I become the greatest player the Washington Senators would ever have, and I can finally beat the Yankees. This podcast is the plot of damn Yankees. You've got to have hearts. Miles and miles and miles. Wait, miles of heart? Yikes. Jeez. Untitled Beatles Podcast. I don't want to think about that. Welcome to the Untitled Beatles Podcast, part two of our deep dish on the 50th anniversary of Ram. TJ, how are you, man? I'm good, Tony. One song cut from Ram, who came along in a puff of smoke, shoeless Joe from Hannibal Mo. <laughs> now I see why all the critics hated this record. <laughs> Ram was just a lousy follow-up to the pajama game We've seen enough Gwen Verdon, Paul McCartney What the <laughs> hell are we talking about? Um, Damn Yankees, by the way, great musical If you haven't seen it, it's baseball, it's musical It's, uh, it's, uh, it's a fun one I have to tell you this story In high school, my friends Greg and Gubby Went out on a date to go see Damn Yankees the band, Ted Nugent's band. And it, it was like, oh, he's playing at this weird theater. And then they get there and they're like, wow, this is kind of a strange crowd for a Nugent show. <laughs> and turns out they were at a performance of Damn Yankees, your Damn Yankees. <laughs> My Damn <laughs> It's so great. As opposed to showing up hearing, when I see you. That, that's a Damn What the hell are they? What Damn Yankees? Oh, Damn know. Yankees saying. Can you take me high enough? Is that them? Who was the singer yes. for Damn Yankees? Gary Sharon? <laughs> it was Tommy Shaw from Styx. I think it was uh, my Sharon, huh? <laughs> Dude, that's another band that was definitely the Beatles because they were on Capitol. Oh, yeah. The Knack? The yeah. Knack. No, that's definitely the Beatles. Yeah. Klaatu, The Knack. Uh, any band that began with K... But only those two, because we don't do threes. <laughs> you know, rule of threes in comedy, except for three Ks. Except for that one. <laughs> you don't do it. Riots in the streets, men just in white sheets. Is that what we want? So, yeah, we left off just before Uncle Albert Admiral Halsey. This is, I mentioned this 45 I've had since uh, the early 80s on Apple. And um, this is one of Paul's biggest songs. Weird trivia for this one. I don't believe this song made the, all the best greatest hits in UK European pressings because all the best had different track listings in 87. Okay. One of the controversial things was the song Once Upon a Long Ago produced by Phil Ramon, not not Paul Ramon, <laughs> was on the worldwide version, but not on the US version. But Uncle Albert Emmer Halsey, that aside, one of his most popular early solo songs, God, Tony... Before we delve into the song, isn't it crazy we live in a world where this song, whether in 72 or 76 or 90, has never been done live? To me, it's the most insane and egregious omission from Paul's live catalog. I don't understand it. Think how everybody sings along to water if yeah. he did this thing live. No, I don't get it. Would it. Be, well, it would be amazing. Why do you think? I think because it's a really hard song to play, probably. You got the flugelhorn bit. You've got all these different tempo shifts. 
Yeah, they could do it. I think it. I just think it would be a task. That's what Wix is for. Yeah, it's true. That's what Wix is for. <laughs> Wix furniture. <laughs> Wix, surprisingly, Wix. Why were you surprised? I went to buy furniture. <laughs> I was surprised when like a rat the size of Ving Rames came out of the, <laughs> out of the cup holder on my Barca lounger. <laughs> uh, shouldn't have gone to that Wix by the merchandise mart by the river. Yeah. My couch came with a rat. <laughs> Surprisingly, Wix. Wix, ah! <laughs> Wix, surprisingly, Wix, where you get more than you pay for. Uh, Uncle Albert. So this is actually, this is his first number one. First solo McCartney number one. Yeah. Yeah. And it's about his actual uncle. Or I should say it's not about, but it's kind of, um, it's a message to Paul's uncle, Albert Kendall, and the older generation. It's kind of a tongue-in-cheek apology saying like, hey, I'm sorry that I didn't stay up in Liverpool and I'm living out my dreams instead, <laughs> you know? <laughs> And then the uh, Admiral Halsey is uh, named after a U.S. World War II Admiral, WW2, a lot of people like to say. Just reminder, it takes longer to say WW2 than World War II, just so you know. And uh, that was Bull Halsey. And this was like a satiric send-off on authoritarianism. And honestly, for Paul, it just got into like silly fun. I love this song. The first time I ever heard it was on the radio during a Beatles weekend, and I had never heard it. Somehow this song had escaped me for the first like 13 years of my life. And then I'm listening on Beatles weekend and I catch whenever they went into like hands across the water, I was like, what? It just it it struck a part of my brain that had never been, <laughs> I don't know, explored before. And I hit record immediately on my cassette player and for a long time, I just listened to the second half of that song on a cassette. song it definitely makes my top five i love everything about it i love all those tempo shifts i love the george martin score i'm sure you have yes right yeah which honest to god i did not know i did not know george martin did the scoring for this until pretty damn recently all the orchestral stuff on here yeah yeah and his score sheets called it uncle arthur <laughs> which is which is so funny which D dudley Moore then turned into a drunk film <laughs> cue christopher cross theme casey I love the lazy beginning. I love the rain, the thunder sound effects, the strangeness of the lyrics. I love the the gurgling sound that Paul makes. That grr, it, grr. yeah. Like a sick cricket. I just yes. 
<laughs> I learned that was him like imitating like a British telephone ring. And then you've got the telephone vocals through that high pass filter. This is to me, it was like at the beginning of it is like Paul's quirky version of Sun King, like a rainy version. Yes. Right? Oh my God, that's awesome. You're totally right. And even though George Martin didn't produce this record, it sounds like a like a goons comedy record. Yeah. Here's what's great about this. We know people who listen to the show more than one or two times know how much I love musical theater. This song's a goddamn show tune. It's a rock yeah. song. It's a ballad. It's a comedy record. It's a novelty song. It's a hit. This is one of those songs in McCartney's catalog that is legitimately everything. There's so much going on in this song and it's constantly shifting with interesting things happening. The one thing I'll say, this one, when I, I've heard this in mono in my homework for the show, this is one of mono that blew me away. The piano is mm. super prominent in this one. I love that the ending kind of has a hello, goodbye type ending where it just kind of, <sighs> the gates are open. It's just absolute uh, chaos. Yeah. Um, also in mono, the piano lead into the Admiral Halsey part is super prominent. I've always felt like in the stereo, the piano's kind of buried. So you're talking about that up and down run? The bum, 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 bum. Right before the, uh, the yeah. horn kicks in there. This is a classic. And as much as I, you know, when I had a, I had a chance to meet Paul McCartney in his Brooklyn show. It's amazing. And I got to talk to his band for a bit. I'm sure this is okay to say on the air here. And I actually asked Wix, who's been the music director since 89, I said, how often do you guys get to pick the songs? Because there's so many classics that Paul's never played. And Wix said to me, he said, there's a lot of songs we've rehearsed. And then we do them one time and Paul says... We're good. Don't need to do that one again. Interesting. And I didn't follow up with this, but I wonder if this was one of them because I don't understand this song, whether it's in an opening slot or a closing slot or an encore is like, I use the show tune reference here. So forgive me, Tony. It's a Paul McCartney showstopper is what this song is. Yeah. I love it. I love it. I mean, it almost borders on polka at times. <laughs> yeah. It borders on polka is my favorite weird Al medley that ended most of his albums. <laughs> The Weird Al Soundgarden uh, alternative one is the best. Won't you come, the cold sun, the cold sun. This one's great, and I love the way it just kind of segues right into Smile Away. It almost feels like Smile Away is connected to it. The guitar starts playing these wrong chords. One, two, three, four. It's so magical. Yeah, it is cool. It is cool. Though, I will say, because I'm such a fan of the previous song, Smile Away always pales in comparison after that. I'm always like, ah, I want to hear that again. I want to hear, I want to hear Emerald Halsey again. Yes, uh, but I, uh, in, in improv parlance, yes, but. That's what you say when you like another improviser's butt. 
For all you improvisers in the 80s, all you did was look at butt. That's why I did prov. What the hell are we talking about right now? Dude, I, I thought he was in a band. I didn't know this was going to be like an improv show. I love Smile Away. I think Smile Away is one of the great rock songs on here. Yeah. And there's also something telling about Paul McCartney at the end of this one album with Linda coming off McCartney singing different versions of I don't know how to do that and learning how to do that are the background vocals that like Linda singing. Oh, I never knew that. Yeah, it just it, it feels like a commentary a little bit on where this album is in terms of Paul's early solo career. I think it's just an incredible side closer. I was walking down the street the other day. In mono, it sounds like it's going into overdrive. That kind of fuzz guitar. What what is that sound? That sounds like a bass. It sounds like a fuzz bass to me. That's what yeah. my ear tells me. I don't know for sure, but I love it. Yeah, yeah. When you did a a dub of that uh, half speed master, and when I heard it, uh, yeah. just in my my cheap headphones, <laughs> I uh, yeah, I really heard that fuzz bass prominently, like I hadn't heard it before. It's perhaps the heaviest song on this record. Yeah, it's it's Paul unleashed vocally and the guitar playing's great, the drums great. Everything about it works to me. It's not as good as Uncle Albert, but I th- it's like a fun side closer kick in the ass after Uncle Albert. It really is. Yeah. Strange lyrics, right? Smile away horribly, no. I can smell your teeth a mile away. Hey. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, a lot of people have interpreted this song to be the other Beatles like talking shit about him and him holding his head up high with Linda just smiling away. You know, I had a friend come up to me and it's funny that there's it's telling that there's three. You have a friend that tells him that you could smell his feet from a mile away another smell his breath from a mile away. And finally, yes, the teeth. I can smell your teeth from a mile away. (laughs) But I always thought those were strange lyrics. I'm like, wait, what is this? You know, and this is perhaps where Ringo's like, Paul's gone strange. He's singing these songs about smelly feet. Like, what's going on here? It was shortly after this that the Doors wrote, Paul has gone strange. <laughs> Paul has gone strange. Speaking of whipping it out. <laughs> <laughs> and that song led to whipping posts. <laughs> <laughs> never heard you never heard you throw a Doors song on, out on that piano before. Ironically. Ray Manzarek, Chicago born. Not a huge Doors fan. That's probably best for your, that's good news for your wife. My wife. (laughs) Yeah, I don't, uh, something about like, I feel like Jim Morrison got too much credit in the 80s long after he was gone. Yeah. I get like, people wanted because Jim Morrison was dead to put him on the Poe and that the Oliver Stone movie and all that. Sure. People wanted to put uh, Jim Morrison on the Lennon pedestal. He just not there. Like, no. I, I've always felt like there's an element of the doors that should be playing Holiday Inns in 1971. <laughs> I'm gonna love you. Like, all right. Well, it was Robbie Krieger who wrote that one. 
<laughs> I know. But ain't ding 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 ding. Please welcome Charo. Ding 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 ding. Yeah, there is kind of a smarmy edge to them. Like if you see is anyone with like a Doors poster, like or especially a Jim Morrison poster and a Scarface poster, you should probably just get out of that room immediately. Just yeah, with with, with like a black light and a bong that hasn't been emptied <laughs> since '84. Come on, come on, come on, come on now. Well, we flip the side and we get one of my favorite songs, Heart of the Country. So this is one of those songs that I was talking about in, at part one when I fell in love with this record while working at a golf course and ironing my golf shirts, my work <laughs> uniform shirts. There was something about this song that really appealed to me. And I honestly, I think to this day, I'm still kind of chasing after whatever he's painting here, which was just his images of his life on the farm, High Peak Farm in Kintyre, Scotland. So he bought that in 65. Anyway, I don't know. I don't exactly want to have like sheep to deal with or anything like that. But a quiet life in a very green, hilly countryside sounds magnificent to me. And the way he does it, where he kind of scat, he's so happy he's scatting. He's got those jazzy scats going on in this song. Yeah. I love this. This song almost feels left over from McCartney. It's got that kind yeah. of that would be something type of feeling to it. They would have put a lot of life into that record, a little more life into that record if it were on. But I'm glad it's on this. I love where it sits in this record. It's a perfect side opener that yeah. really kind of counterbalance. Do you miss side openers? The problem with, I mean, old guy alert. Yeah. Okay, boomer. The problem <laughs> with listening to CDs is you don't know where a side begins or ends. I mean, that's a problem with Use Your Illusion too. When does Knocking on Heaven's Door come in? Hey, 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 hey. You know, I'm cool with the Dylan version. Thank you, <laughs> Axel. <laughs> You know, there's people that argue still about uh, Use Your Illusion 1 versus Use Your, oh. your Illusion 2. Yeah, those people are drug-addled insurrectionists. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh well. You're having that conversation. There's an Untitled Guns N' Roses podcast that's way more cokey. Untitled Guns N' Roses podcast. Like and subscribe. <laughs> Much respect to Cokie Roberts. Yeah. Um, R.I.P. gone too soon. Oh, she dead? Yeah. Yeah, we lost her uh, 2019, actually, pre-COVID. Really? Oh, God, I owe her a phone call. (laughs) Um, (laughs) (laughs) Know what that means? We're so sorry. (laughs) Cokie Roberts. (laughs) We're so sorry, but we have the thing. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I love the pastoral lyrics. Heart of the country where the holy people grow, smell the grass in the meadow. Whoa, whoa, whoa. It's just, it's such a beautiful song. Like, you know, John used to criticize Paul for just telling other people's stories. Eleanor Rigby, Maxwell Silverhammer. Another day. Another day. Mm-hmm. Uh, since you're gone, it's just another day. Yep. But this is one that I really feel like Paul describing this environment, regardless of how familiar he was with it, works so perfectly. He's just a master storyteller, and this song's a perfect example of that. I want a horse, I got a sheep, gonna get me a good night's sleep, living in a home in the heart of the country. Heart of the country. 
always misheard for years. I misheard that holy people as where the homely people grow. (laughs) (laughs) And that's a Phil Spector reference and an Alan Klein reference. (laughs) Yeah, I love this song. And the following song, Monkberry Moon Delight, right? I love this song. Where are you on this song? Oh, I absolutely love it. And I, I got to I gotta get you the mono with this immediately because there's yeah. more reverb in the mono. Interesting. And it's it just, it even sounds almost more, I don't know if ethereal is the right word or ominous. This is a great piano rock song. We talked Plastic mm-hmm. Ono Band about being a great piano rock album. This is a great piano rock song. There's tension in this one. There's tension in the guitar. There's tension in the way Paul screams. When Paul refers to Sookie, he's not referring to that Jersey Shore. This has not, <laughs> nothing to do with Snooky. I want to be very clear. I forgot about her. Uh-huh. <laughs> so did most of the world till this hacky bit came. Hey, if you like your hacky bits from 05 and your Beatles podcast, call Shandog. Rawr. Get crazy, get wild, let's party, get loud. If you want to have fun to do something, if you want to have fun to do something. I absolutely love the song. It's just a great rock tune. And Linda's harmonies, and we now begin a few songs in this album where Linda's vocals are essential to the song. I love it, yeah. And to be clear, this is Linda and Heather. Heather joins on this one. That's right. And this song, it's kind of for her in a way. So Monkberry Moon Delight, according to Paul, it's like a fantasy milkshake. Because I guess the McCartney kids used to call milk... Monk, you know, how when you like when I was a kid, I used to call hamburgers hangabers, you know what I mean? So it's like a combination of that and then kind of love potion number nine, kind of going for these like really surrealistic, nonsensy lyrics that I just love. In fact, he loved them too. Like he put out a poetry book, and there's I think two songs from Ram that made it, and this is one of them. I want to say Heart of the Country is the other one, but I forget. I think the other is the Great Cock and Seagull Race. And seagull races, parenthetical. <laughs> yeah, it's just, and it's just blank because it's an instrumental. I always wanted to do that, go to karaoke and do like a Ventures song. Just sit up there and like eat a sandwich. <laughs> hey, what song are you doing? Oh, the theme to Taxi? <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm acting it out. So I'm doing like Actioki. <laughs> Actioki. It's the future of Prov. All right. Thank you all for coming. We are Statutory Crepe. Everything you're about to see will be fully improvised. Uh, and all we need to get started is one word. Egg roll. I love everything about the song. It is, it's upbeat. It is, I, I, this is great. Yeah. And there's like comedy in his, like his vocal is crazy. Here we go. 
guess he was inspired by Screaming Jay Hawkins. They were talking about the first time they ever heard I Put a Spell on You. Screaming Jay Hawkins was crazy. Like his vocals were crazy. And in fact, Screaming Jay covered this. He covered. Mother. Really? Yeah. And it's it's hilarious. It's great. And he changes the, he changes the lyrics to make more sense of the lyrics, <laughs> which is hilarious. I, never, I, I can't wait to hear that one. <laughs> it's good. So I sat in the attic. What is a piano up his nose? I've wondered that one. That That's like butter wouldn't melt, so I put it in a pie. What's a piano up his nose mean? What is that a metaphor? I don't think so. I, th- I think it's just madness. I think it's Dr. Seuss. I think it's uh, trout fishing in America. You know, I, I think it's just like nonsense for the sake of nonsense. It's funny how all the critics let John get away with that, and then Paul does it, and it's like, oh, it's trite. This is the bias yeah. against Paul McCartney. I've worked at fighting my entire life as a Beatle fan. We're going to get to complete Beatles eventually. George Martin had a quote in there when we I rewatched it recently. And George Martin says, everyone, everyone thought Paul was the great musician and not a good lyricist. And John was a great lyricist and a musician. They were both great at what they did. Yeah, they were great. They were both great at everything. They were amazing. Yeah. And they worked their lives off at it to keep going. Especially this one. This Paul. This one. <laughs> This one. Paul sang this one, Flowers in the Dirt. It all kind of came back there. Where Paul was way too proud of uh, this swan is gliding. Paul was so proud. Like, you know, I like words that sound the same. Like, this one and the swan. Like, all right, Paul. I love you so much. But that's a bad Paul story. There never could be a better moment than this one. This one. This one is gliding. All right. Next song here is another great one, like a 50s rocker. Just the side to a ram kind of rocks a little bit until it gets to the closer. Eat at Home, which was a single in Europe with Smile Away. I think in France. Yeah. Eat at Home, back with Smile Away, which is pretty cool. Yeah, what a nutty single. It's it's so crazy. I love that they were still pulling weird singles in, in Europe at the time. The first drum break that Denny Sewell plays... Clearly influenced Tone Loke's wild thing. <laughs> Let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> you may be right. You may, I may be, be right. crazy. Who produced that? <laughs> Who produced that? I don't know. If it was the Dust Brothers, you might be. You may be actually be right. I don't know. Oh, I think it was Phil Ramone was Tone Loke's longtime <laughs> producer. <laughs> he went from Billy Joel's The Bridge into the Tone Loke record. <laughs> He was the fifth Ramon, so there's that, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, Paul's quote on this song is that it's a plea for home cooking, dash, it's obscene. So, you know, it's about uh, making love. <laughs>
listen, I'm a defender. I think Egypt Station is one of the best Paul. It's like a top five Paul McCartney album, but this song is way better than I just want to fuck you. <laughs> Not a great moment in the Paul McCartney Ryan Tedder collaboration. I just want to fuck you. I love the guitar form that dump. It's such a. And uh, the the kind of fifties. Oh, 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 oh. Yeah, there's a lot of fifties stuff going on on side two, or at least a little bit. Like we see it definitely play out later in backseat of my car. Next up is another favorite of mine. I mean, this is why I love this record so much. Long haired lady. Uh, me too. Oh, me this, too. Man. I love it. Yeah. Longest song on the record. Yeah, that too. About a minute six seconds shorter than Hey Jude, roughly. I. George Martin scored this. Where the fuck was he for She's Leaving Home? How does George Martin have time for Long Haired Lady and not She's a song on Pepper? Jo- oh, I'm busy. We're recording Sergeant Pepper. What are you doing? Well, was he on holiday? Didn't he just get married or something like that? Oh, no excuses. You work. <laughs> where I come from, you work. Well, I love it. Yeah, this is another example of Paul, like very much like uh, Admiral Halsey and um, things like the Abbey Road medley, cobbling together a song from, you know, disparate parts of other songs, unfinished songs. This is another one of these. So it starts off with that real dreamy bit at the top and the well, 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 well. Well, 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 well. Do you love me like you know you want to do? I love just how unabashedly American and brash Linda's vocals are on this whole record. I think that's why I've become quite enamored with her in my later years. You know, I don't know what I'm saying. It sounds like I fell, I fell, I fell in love with Linda McCartney. Are you, all right. I, I did buy her microwavable foods in the 90s when, when they were at the... <laughs> I have something to all right. confess. I mean, sorry. Gonna sing about Linda here? No, it is great. Like, we need to kind of be better as Beatle fans. Those of us who are like, oh, the problem with double fantasy and milk and honey is every other song's Yoko. You know, those are John and Yoko records, as is sometime in New York City. This is a Paul and Linda record. So this yeah. record is not the same without Linda's Do You Love Me Like You Know You Ought to Do. Those Linda parts are essential and lovely. Linda should get way more credit than she ever got for this. God bless her. Or is this the only thing you want me for? for. It's so good, but it's totally... You, <laughs> she's it. singing it in character. She's doing like a tease. Yeah, I love it. I love it. And she did actually get writing credit on uh, a few of these songs, which turned into a whole lawsuit with ATV, blah, 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 but they fixed it up. But Yeah, yeah. my ATV is kicking. <laughs> yeah, man. I'm going to do a backflip on it this summer at Mud Springs. <laughs> That's safe. Um yeah, this uh, this is a great one. And this song, I love George Martin's scoring has kind of that flugelhorn-like trumpet. Yeah. 
there's a bit of a Penny Lane moment in the scoring of this, which which is really neat. Yeah. Um, one of the the notes I wrote down, Tony, is. As a Beatle fan in 71, on one hand, at six minutes plus, you can see how this song drove fans who just lived in Plastic on a Bed and All Things Must Pass. You can see how it might have driven some fans insane. If you were really into the seriousness of Abbey Road, save for Maxwell Silverhammer, of course, and the seriousness of P.O.B. and All Things Must Pass, this album might have been a culture shock. It doesn't make it bad. It doesn't make it not as good. It is Paul McCartney just as Paul with Linda being brilliant. In retrospect, I hope people have reassessed this record in the last 50 years and not written it off the way they did so casually and cruelly in 71. Well, they definitely have. Yeah, it's become a lot of people our age's favorite record. And yeah, and I remember or I just read that uh, Paul had kind of shoved it under his rug of the past or whatever because it was critically panned. It's like he almost believed the press, like, oh, I guess that wasn't a good record. And it wasn't until, you know, two decades later, three, really, that people came out of the woodwork and saying, like, no, this album is amazing. It's I think it's a pop masterpiece. And how cool that indie pop by Paul McCartney. I mean, there's people who talk about like what's some of like the Bob Dylan equivalent albums. Would would New Morning be one? There was some like maybe Nashville Skyline or something. Yeah, that kind of stuff that. If they can get away with the kind of homespun, indie kind of cutesy stuff, why can't Paul fucking McCartney, one of the greatest, if not the greatest songwriter to ever walk the face of the earth, ram as a testament? These songs aren't toss-offs. They may feel slight if you're going to compare them to the Hey Jews and Let It Bees of the world, but each song here is a miniature gem, and as a whole album, it makes a beautiful large gem. I- I'm with you. This is one of my favorite solo albums and probably my favorite Paul album. We then go into a quick callback of Ramon, which feels really neat. It almost gives the album a Sgt. Pepper-type continuity. However forced, it's, yeah. a, it's a nice moment. Yeah, and it like you, you mentioned Hello Goodbye before, the stomp at the end brings to mind Hello Goodbye for me too, so. Yeah. Yeah, and he does keep it short and sweet. We don't, yeah, it's like you get one go through and then a quick fade out on the hoedown bit. And a teaser to the opening track of Red Rose Speedway with Big Barn Bed. Who's oh. that coming round that corner as it fades out oh, nice. is the opening line yeah. of Big Barn Bed from Red Rose Speedway. Which some songs were started during these sessions, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. Well, then it ends, at least the record proper ends, with uh, Backseat of My Car, which was actually a single in the UK. I think it got up to 39, so it didn't do that well, but this is a big big Paul McCartney pop closer. It's fun. Yeah. It's another showstopper. Speed along the highway Honey, I want it 
Mexico City, but listen to Ultimate teenage song, I believe he called it. You know, he's talking about driving to Mexico City. You've got the the disapproving parents. We believe that we can't be wrong. You know, that kind of uh, confidence you have as a teenager <laughs> when you think you know everything. Well, some of the confidence is when you're wearing sure deodorant. <laughs> Raise your hand if you're sure. <laughs> that, that one of the great jingles ever it just screams confident confident dry and secure like yeah i do feel good about my fucking deodorant you want to fight i do feel good you may kick my ass but i ain't sweating dog i'm not uh I, I, you're, you ain't gonna get the arm drip do you call sweat arm drippies is that normal oh my god you guys i got the arm drippies <laughs> Yeah, this I, I love this song. I feel like this is an understated McCartney classic. I don't think it's ever been on a McCartney comp. Maybe it's on Pure McCartney. I can't remember off the top of my head, but I forget. Yeah, this what a great song. And like this is also part Beach Boys. You mentioned the Mexico City line. The guitar does a weird we may end up in Mexico City. We may end up in Mexico City. The guitar does a weird kind of ominous bendy thing there that's just really weird and out of nowhere. Um that's cool. I love when the harp, there's like a George Martin's harp gliss that leads into the orchestra. Paul laughs at one point, but he starts doing gibberish. Paul's kind of hemming on, round and hemming on. He starts kind of giggling about it, which is just a really fun little moment, almost like when he laughs at Maxwell's Silver Hammer. Writing. Times I must not be so oh, oh, oh. And the song kind of stops and comes back with a Paul scream. <laughs> this song has everything. I love this tune. Yeah, it, it's one of my favorites on the record. And uh, he also does those bass parts, meaning not the bass guitar, bass vocals. We were talking about the Oak Ridge Boys earlier. He gets into some Oak Ridge Boys territory with the, the but bass. Listen to, yeah. But listen to her daddy's song. That's Which is always funny. Giddy always, up, oh, yeah, bop, oh, bop, when you hear people sing bop. that, you're always like, oh, is that the stupidest member of the group? <laughs> You know, like, <laughs> oh, look at Bowser over there. Get a job. You mentioned this close to the album proper, but before we wrap, um, let's get into some of the archive collection kind of uh, bonus tracks as long as we're kind of doing this. Well, we have to because they're great. They're so good. This isn't just like, for the most part, it's not just the chaff that didn't make it. There's some great stuff on here. You're right. A massive hit single, Another Day, is formally married to this record. Yeah. Recorded around the same time. It was actually the first song recorded for these sessions. They started with this. Every day she takes a morning bath, she wets her hair. Wraps a doll around her as she's heading for the bedroom chair. It's just another day. 
the song too john actually calls the song out by name and how do you sleep mm-hmm. he does yeah along with yesterday which is not nice not nice but it it is a clever wordplay you got to give it to him uh i'm not going to give it to john because Hmm. he rhymes day with day he rhymes yesterday (laughs) with another day can't do it and as a as a musical director for an improv game you do not accept that you ring the bell and you've got to do it again improv music's the only music tony in fact i played for 25 years free sing it uh, yesterday, you're, but you're just another day. <laughs> We're going to take a quick break and be back with another hour of statutory cray. Woo-hoo! I mean, uh, how do you sleep? I mean, doesn't that song begin with So Sergeant Pepper Took You By Surprise? Isn't that the first line of that it's song? It's the first line Oy. preceded by the uh, Sergeant Pepper tuning up business. Right, yeah, right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, and so. the sound of the studio clatter and stuff, yeah. Which was a response to Ram as, you know, so Paul laid out kind of his more... Uh, clandestine nuggets of criticism towards John and perhaps George and Ringo, probably not so much Ringo. And that gave John the liberty to then just go for it with how do you sleep and the picture of him holding a pig or a goat or whatever it is. Oh yeah, that's right. In the, in the Imagine uh, album. Yeah. The postcard. Yeah. Uh, it is a great song. Not one of my favorites. Paul trotted out really? another day on the, on the 93 tour. Uh. I just feel like in a world of Paul McCartney, great songs, if I had a choice live, would I rather hear Uncle Albert or Another Day? Okay. Would I rather hear No More Lonely Nights or Take It Away or Another Day? I'd rather hear those. And would I rather hear the B-side, one of my favorite McCartney rockers, where he actually fires a starting pistol, is the B-side, and that's Oh Woman, Oh Why. Woman, Oh Why, 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 Which is just to me a great Paul McCartney scream fest rocker. I like I prefer the B side to the A side. Really, a little like I feel fine. She's a woman. I'm a B side guy. Interesting, interesting. Well, I I will defend another day as being perhaps in my top five for uh, Paul McCartney solo songs. There's something I think this is pop perfection. This is one where I'm like, oh, what if this was in the two slot on the record? This would yeah. Ram would be insane. 
insane. But I think it was the engineer who picked this song out for the single early on when Paul was like, hey, what song should be on? You know, they had like 20 songs to choose from. And the engineer was like, this is the single. And uh, I just love it. To me, I love the story it paints. And I love actually this. There's To me, I don't know. There's a real sadness about it. You know, this woman that has just this moment of happiness with this man, you know, whatever it is. But like he's gone the next day and she just is stuck in this miserable job. It, it puts me in the mind of uh, that movie nine to five, even though it preceded it by 10 years. But I don't know. I, I really like it. And Denny Sewell called it Eleanor Rigby in New York City. I love that Tom Stoppard play. <laughs> it felt like an arcade reference. Dude, Tony Kushner's written some great stuff, but uh, Eleanor Rigby in New York City, I mean, totally commenting on, on the housing crunch yeah, in the it's Lower this, East Side. This generation's death of a salesman, I think. <laughs> um. <laughs> um, a woman, a why? Where, where are you with the B-side? I like it. I like it. I, I could see this one being in the two slot instead of three legs as well, but I would prefer another day. Uh, yeah. To me, it felt like the, like old woman. Why is like, like a, a different angle on the old, Hey Joe story, right? Where are you going with that gun in your hand and all that? Yeah. I would also take Little Woman Love in the two slot. Again, sorry, three legs. I just want something poppier in there. I like Little Woman Love a lot, especially that part, the oh yeah part when the, the electric guitar comes in and yeah. really brings in that, that low end. I like this song. It's fun. the b-side to mccartney's take on mary had a little lamb which i think is married to the wildlife reissue if i'm not mistaken ah yeah yeah but it was recorded during these sessions these new yeah. york sessions i've always liked this song too it's got kind of a dr john type of piano intro mm -hmm. yeah there's kind of a new orleans feel to it yeah. right yeah i've always liked this one uh, the next one I love, and it's one I'd never heard until the soundtrack to a was an Adam Sandler movie uh, called The In-Laws from 03 is the first oh. time this surfaced. And it's called A Love for You. Different version, I think, on that soundtrack record, which is hard to find now. But hmm. this to me is just an effervescent like Paul McCartney understated. He's got a few of those like Cage, some of the stuff on on Cold Cuts. There's some Paul McCartney songs that have never seen the light of day that are classics. I love a love for you. It's just effervescent and poppy and so well done.
Everything is rosy. Yeah, it grows on you. It's fun. Yeah, it's fun. I like I like the characters. And again, there's a lot of 50s feel going on with some of these. This one in particular, I get like a, when the backing vocals come in, I get like a 50s vibe off of it. Yeah. Does that make sense? I think so. I think I'm thinking of the right. I'm, Everything is rosy. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. Oh. I get a 50s vibe. Oh, yeah. Those, those are total 50s harmonies here. Yeah. Um... Hey Diddle's always been kind of a silly little Linda song. This is this has appeared a few other times. Don't be long. My heart isn't strong. Don't be long. I like it. I like it a lot. It's cute. It's a little silly. Great Cock and Seagull Race is an instrumental. Bar original, I think. Right? Yes, totally right. This song was cut from the Rubber Soul sessions. <laughs> and then the Ram era Carnival of Light is basically just Paul and Denny Sewell doing Road All Night, right? Just those two. <laughs> I love Road All Night. It's pretty cool. Road All Night is so fun. And I love that they put it on here because it's just guitar and drums. There's nothing else going on here. They didn't overdub anything. It's just a it's just a jam. It's basically like Paul McCartney just invented the white stripes here in 1971 in New York City, you know? And the white stripes invented the black keys in 2009. (laughs) (laughs) And the black keys are the sequel to Alicia Keys. That's right. Back to Bob Dylan. (laughs) Singing about Alicia Keys on Modern Times, underrated Dylan album. But it's really fun. Uh, when Paul does those percussive things with the guitar, it sounds like Are You Experienced, Jimi Hendrix. I love hearing Linda yelling off mic when Paul first lays down a vocal. It's really fun. I, I love this one. It's like eight minutes long or something, right? But thank you. Uh, Linda's yelling off mic because Mike McCartney's mixing with the controls. Linda's going, off mic? <laughs> this isn't McGear, son. <laughs> Either that or she's a dunk tank clown And people are throwing things at her Oh, it's my favorite song on Wild Prairie Is uh, Linda McCartney's (laughs) dunk tank Right after Cook of the House Um, uh, Sunshine, sometimes a nice little song Inconsequential Well, it was intended for Rupert the Bear Right, right Yeah 
I like it. It's it's. I think it's a great way to kind of close it because it's real mellow. Yeah, it's really calming. If you listen on Pandora, the next song up is How Deep Is Your Love by the Bee Gees. Yeah. And if you listen on Deezer, the next song is uh, One by Metallica. <laughs> the long version. Uh, I only listen to Deezer. Yeah. Yeah. I only listen to Weezer on Deezer. <laughs> <laughs> and they don't have Pinkerton. What's going on, Deezer? One thing I'll say about the, I know this is not a review of the archive edition, but we just did Plastic Ono Band. I i mean, the McCartney archive collection is exhaustive. Ram might be the best looking set. It's a beautiful set. But think about the Plastic Ono Band. It's like six CDs with 19 different takes of um, Hold On. And the Ram bonus is like three singles and five extra. So like, it's weird how comparatively paltry this, no pun intended, this album is to the Plastic Ono and even the uh, Imaginary issue. I want, like, yeah. there, there's no, like, rehearsal takes of Uncle, which just means, like, the Ram 60th edition will have the rehearsal takes of Uncle Albert and all that stuff. Yeah. Buy an electric car so that we can live to see that. Yeah, buy an electric car and go out and vote and vote correctly. By the way, you mentioned Rupert the Bear. I way prefer that to Rupert the Murdoch. So, Tony, we have kind of some sad news for our audience and those who stuck with us this far. We are going to next week finally tackle the Ringo Starr album Bad Boy. Sad day. But we're not going to talk about the album. <laughs> uh, but uh, I am going to say uh, on air, like I'm not continuing this. Make more fucking money. Is anybody listening to me? Untitled Beatles podcast. Like and subscribe. 